Overcomers. I'm your host, Tanya D. Penn, and you have entered the Stories Podcast, where my guests tell their personal stories of overcoming tremendous struggles in their lives and walking away victorious. I promise these stories will build your faith and give you hope. Listen today and be inspired. Today, my guest is Roosevelt Stringer, and he's going to tell his story of how he overcame through the healing and delivering power of Jesus Christ. So I'm very excited about having him on my first, the first episode of my podcast, and I'm going to go ahead and bring him in now. Roosevelt, hello and welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing outstanding. Good. And welcome to our first episode of Our God is Greater Stories. This is my very first episode. And um, when God spoke to me about doing this podcast, he uh, put in my spirit to have you be the very first guest. And so uh, I'm just very excited to have you as the very first guest on the podcast. I'm sure there's a reason why he wanted you to be first. And uh, so that's it. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself some more and you can go ahead and get into your story. Well, first, I want to say that I'm just humbled and honored to be your first guest and for God to lay on your heart to um, have me as such. Um, hopefully, like I said, I, w- I would like to the story that I um, you know present. Hopefully it heals um, and helps someone, you know, deal with what they're going through. Maybe somebody can pull from what they're from what I went through, you know, to maybe help them in their situation or someone that are close to them. Um, I'll get right into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Go well, ahead. Again, again, <laughs> well, again, my name is Roosevelt Stringer Jr. Um, currently I am the founder of an organization that we're transitioning into a nonprofit called Heal the Culture University or HTCU. Um, my story kind of began back when I was 18 years old, um, the summer after I graduated from high school, um, I graduated from Cleveland Heights High School, um, the summer of 1993. And that summer I was actually diagnosed with being bipolar, um, manic depressant. And so while everyone went away to school to kind of, you know, they had graduation parties all summer. Then they went away to school. I was in the psych ward for two months. So when I got out, everybody had already left. Um, I was kind of, you know, left alone and pretty much was locked in my house for the most part. Um, just so because of, you know, all that I was going through, um, I had to, pretty much the only time I came out of my house was when I went to my brother's basketball games with my parents and when I went to like the grocery store with my mother or to a doctor's appointment um, for like a checkup or a follow-up. Um, so it was a pretty rough time to where, you know, I really didn't do much, really didn't go many places. Ended up having a caregiver at a, at, at a time that, you know, would help with bathing and just, um, you know, because I really went through this like kind of a depressed state of like not a whole lot of motivation. Um, and, you know, so... It was it was a difficult um, point in time to kind of get through, especially, you know, at 18 when, you know, mental health and bipolar wasn't this trending topic that it is currently. And it still had a really negative stigma kind of attached to it. Um, And 
not a lot of people knew what it was. So even if they did know, they couldn't put their finger on it or even articulate it because it wasn't something that was, you know, talked about a lot. And it was more so even frowned upon, um, especially in in the black community, um, as it is some somewhat still today. Yeah. So let me stop you there and just uh, point out and just reiterate a couple of things that you talked about, which I'm really uh, glad that you brought up was uh, the thing of hygiene, you know, being depressed and not 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 having the energy or maybe the motivation to do like the basic things like taking a bath and brushing your teeth and how somebody came in and helped you do those things. And, you know, I think a lot of people, maybe somebody that's watching now is going through um, the same thing. You know, they, you know, maybe they don't feel like taking a shower or they don't have the energy to take a shower or they can't get themselves motivated to take a shower. It's very difficult. And, and, you know, I went through that same thing. And I think that a lot of times, unless you've actually been through it, you don't really understand that. Like people right. that haven't been through it don't understand. They're like, oh, you're just lazy. Oh, get up, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But it's not it's not about that. It's like I always describe this trying to run through quicksand like you want to do so much better for yourself. Right. But right. you're running through something is like holding you back from that. And it's just it's difficult to to do. And the other thing I like that you brought up was the stigma associated with uh, mental illness, which I think is it's still in the black community that people don't think um, that I don't I don't I don't know why. Maybe maybe I think in. <laughs> I think a lot of times that black people are still suspicious of doctors, you know, maybe for good reason from things that have happened in the past. But um, why do you think that stigma is there in the black community about mental health? What do you, what well, do you think? I think, I think? I think it kind of stems back to kind of just showing any signs of weakness. I think it stems all the way almost back to slavery is that, you know, you kind of had to kind of just deal with stuff mm-hmm. and, showing any type of weakness, um, you know, you know, I'm a man, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to see no therapist, you know, I don't need that, you know, I can, I can take care of myself, you know, I don't need anybody. And then even just, you know, generationally, you know, you know, you didn't take stuff outside the house, you know what I mean? You didn't tell your business or family business and you didn't take it outside the house. You kept it within the house so that, you know, and I even have found found out that in some church organizations, if you had a mental health uh, issue and they found out about it, you can hold a position in the church. So you can only be a member and you couldn't be a deacon or a elder or a minister or hold any type of position in the, in the, in the, in the, in the body because of the mental health issue that you possess. Wow, that is very that is very interesting. That is very interesting. I hadn't heard that before, but that is very that's very interesting. Very interesting. Cuz I know at our church, you know, full disclosure, uh Roosevelt and I attend the same wonderful church, New Spirit Revival Center under the our illustrious and uh anointed and powerful uh married couple pastors. Um, Drs. Daryl and Belinda Scott, and we we have always, and our pastors have always taught us to move, live, move, and have our being by the Holy Spirit. So 
the Holy Spirit is the one that they follow when um, when they're nominating people to different positions, or not nominating, but elevating people to different positions, you know, elders, ministers, department heads, the new members ministry, everything. They go by the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, they don't say, well, you're this and you're that and you're this. I mean, you have to be faithful and there's, there's certain things that you have to do, but uh, or be, but they go by the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's, uh, they've, they've never, you can't, if you follow God, you can't go wrong. And that, that, that's what they always, they always tell us that, you know, if you do what God tells you to do it, sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do, but you can't go wrong if you do that. So that there would be some arbitrary limit to a person because, you know, what they're going, because of what they're going through. I mean, I can understand if you're depressed, you know, actively depressed or or going through depression, I could understand that, you know, that it would be difficult to hold the office if you were, if you were actually depressed. But I, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like if you follow God, you can't go wrong. And that's, I, I just feel like we we're supposed to do that. You know, we're under Jesus is the head of the church. We're right. under him, you know. So yeah, that's interesting. I never I never heard that before. But go ahead. So um and very interesting, very interesting. And I, I hope this sparks a lot of conversation, not only um in the black community, but in, in other communities. There's probably other organizations and other areas where mental health is still, you know, stigmatized. I think it's less so today than it was years ago, but yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not quite no. there yet. They it's, still don't look at it like they do cancer or something. If somebody has cancer or whatever like that, they still, it's still not looked at that way. It's more mm-hmm. like, oh, you're because, just lazy. <laughs> because, because, you know, you can't see it. It's not like, you know, I, 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 um, you know, I come in, I got a, a cast around my head, you know, right or a sign yeah. on your forehead, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'm dealing with something mentally, you know, um, yeah, you know. So, and and sometimes, you know, when you're going through it personally, you don't even really know, you know. So it's like you can't even like articulate it to someone else, and even if you did, they can't really relate. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, I'm going through this, but I feel like this. And they have like no, nothing to gauge or, you know, to be a barometer for how you're actually truly feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. Yep. So um, what do you think was your, what do you think was your very lowest point in the, in the process? So my very lowest Along point. Along your journey. So my very lowest point was actually the week, the two weeks before I came to New Spirit Revival Center. Um, How many? Two weeks? The two weeks before I came to New Spirit Revival wow. Center. Um, uh-huh. Prior to that, um, so in my life, I've, I've been to the psych ward five different times. Um, a lot of times, most, and every time it was because I came off from a medication because I felt I didn't need it anymore. And then about six months later, I would relapse and have to go back to the psych ward to, uh, so they could put more med- medicine in me. And so I would be all right. It wasn't until the last time, I think um, one of my father's fraternity brothers said that, you know, you need to stay on your medication because if you had a heart condition and say, take this heart pill every day, 
or you know, or you're not gonna, or you're not gonna live. You know, you would take it every day. So he kind of put it in that framework, and I kind of say, okay, I got it. I'll stay on it. And so this last time, um, I was at another church. Um, I had just not got married on the day of my wedding, and then I ended up in the psych ward for two weeks. Um, mm. um, so. My ex-fiance came and visited me. Um, by the time I got out, basically it was over between us. Um, and so I had, a, I had a pass the first weekend, and my mom was going to a different church. And so I went. Wait, to- you were married? You on your wedding day? Oh, you were supposed to get married, mm-hmm. and, and you ended up in the psych ward instead. No, no, we actually, we actually, the the day of the wedding. Uh, the power in the church went out um, that I was going to get married at. The power in the church went out. The spirit of the Lord told the elder uh, not to marry us. And so we just had the reception and that was it. Because everything I've been oh, paid for. So you actually didn't get married. I didn't get married. Of the power. On a demo. Well, the power outage and the spirit of the Lord told the elder not to marry us. Oh, okay. The spirit of the Lord. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Again, that goes back to doing what God tells you to do. So you guys will see how important this is later. (laughs) It was was active God. um, And actually hindsight 2020, it was the best thing at that. Right. Um, Right. So that like is so said. interesting. Wow. 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 Can I stop you for a second? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to So remember where you were and where you were going. Okay. Right. But I want to go back to the whole thing about medic medication. I right. think there is also a stigma of people being on medication, Christians being on medication. I think there's a stigma about Christians being on medication. And the reason why I say that is because I look at different, um, you know, social media, like I, I belong to a, a group for uh, Christians with anxiety and depression. And I, I joined that group because because I went through it myself. And I know mm-hmm. that the enemy is, you know, in every sickness and disease, whether it's mental, physical or whatever, right. the enemy is at the bottom of it. So uh, I go in there to strengthen, you know, give them my experience and strength and let them know that Jesus healed me and he's not a respecter person. So he can heal them too. But I see people in there sometimes talk about how, if you really had faith, you wouldn't need medication. You could get healed without medication. And I feel like that's kind of usurping God's authority. Like God can heal you however he wants. If he wants you to take medication, he wants you to take medication. The Bible says that, uh, met, that laughter does the body good like medicine, right? like medicine. So that means medicine does the body good. I'm just saying everybody doesn't need to take medication. For me, I took medication for a while and I understood why I understood why I was taking it and Mm -hmm. I got off of it eventually. You know, when Jesus healed me, I didn't need medication anymore, but He heals however he wants. Some people, he may want them to continue taking medication. It just all depends. He never heals two people the same way. So okay. anyway, I just wanted to say that in especially Christianity, there's a stigma about yeah. taking medication. And I just want to yeah. say for the record, there's nothing wrong with being on medication. Okay, go ahead. Well, I think even with me being on medication, I think that is part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. And that, like you said, for people to see where I'm at now, um. I actually have to tell you that I am bipolar and that I am taking medication for you even to believe me. 
Like because mm-hmm. you wouldn't you, you would you would never know or you can never guess if you just met me and really even got to know me. You know, you would never know that I was on medication, that I was a bipolar. And so I think it's just a testament and a part of my testimony and a part of just being able to let others know that, you know, it can be prayer and medication. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to just be one or the other. You know what I mean? Like you know, like you said, Jesus heal, heals however he wants to heal. And first, it takes different strokes for different folks, like we always say. Um, and, you know, and that's just where I'm at with it. You know, some people need therapy, um, but we know, of course, Jesus is the ultimate therapist, you know, but, you know, but some people have to get to that point because everybody doesn't know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So if they're not there yet, it may take them therapy, but in therapy, they may come to know Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Who can then truly heal them because he's the only true healer and answer to mental health because all mental health at the end of the day is a spiritual warfare on a higher level. And once um, the field of psychology recognizes that, I think the field as a whole will go to a whole nother level and a lot more people will be set free. Amen. Because I think Jesus is the answer to every problem, right? Every situation and circumstance, every negative circumstance in a person's life, Jesus is the answer. That's just the bottom line. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer, you know. And like you said, and like I said, he can heal however he wants to. And A28, A28, Romans A28. Okay, I'm I'm, going to look it up. Go ahead and, um, because I like to be sure about that, we can talk about the word of God. Okay, so go ahead. And so you were at the point where your marriage. So, 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 yeah, yeah, so that had just um, basically, that was a no-go. And the conversation continues right after this. Hello, this is your host, author Tanya D. Penn, and I want to tell you about my book. It's titled, Our God is Greater, Through Despair to Delight and Destiny. My readers tell me once they start reading it, they just can't put it down. It's my own personal story of my journey through mental illness, depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal thoughts, and out the other side to a sudden and miraculous healing and deliverance through the power of Jesus Christ. There is joy, peace, and hope again on the other side of the pain. That's the message of my book. Our God is greater through despair to delight and destiny. That's our God is greater through despair to delight and destiny. And it's available wherever books are sold. Just go to OurGodIsGreater.com for links to all the booksellers, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. That's OurGodIsGreater.com. And remember, no matter what you're going through, our God is greater. And now... Back to today's story. So I said I ended up in the psych ward for two weeks. Uh, The first weekend I got a pass to go to church with my mom and she was at another church. And I was like, okay, when I get out, I'll, you know, start going here uh, with my mom. Then the second week I got out, it was a Sunday and my dad is driving up Mayfield and we go past New Spirit Revival Center and the Spirit of the Lord told me to get out. And so I got out and walked into church and haven't stopped going since. Um, At that point, I was on so much medication. I couldn't drive my own car. 
Um, I made sure I was at every service, even if I had to walk from home um, to the service. And back then we had a two services on Sunday, uh, Tuesday night prophetic power prayer, Wednesday afternoon Bible study, Thursday night Bible study, and then you know back again to the two thirds two services on Sunday. And I would make sure I was at every service, you know, always helping stand after um, to help set up, break down, um, you know, the rooms and just, you know, doing whatever whatever was needed and whatever I was called to do. Um, So, you know, just became faithful and and began serving. And within about three months of me being there, um, Dr. Darren Belinda Scott, uh, um, went ahead and I guess Spirit of the Lord told them to, you know, make me a deacon in training. That's awesome. And that that that's what I had said before, that they go by what God speaks to them, you know. And um, can you tell everybody what your position is in the church now? Well, currently, um, after this past summer, I just recently have been elevated to the position of elder elect. So that is uh, that's amazing. And it, it shows you what God can do. And it shows you what, you know, these days, I think there are so many people that are down on the church for whatever reason. Even Christians criticize have joined the world and criticize in the church. And um, when I look at how vital the church has been to your life and my life. You know, I look at how vital the church has been to my life, my pastors, my church family, the word of God, especially the spoken there. You know, if you have a church where the word of God is faithfully preached uh, and you receive that word into your heart, you can't help but change. You can't help but change because, um, the word of God has the power to bring itself to pass. It's not like it's not like any other. The Bible is not like any other book. There's power in the word of God. So when you're sitting under uh, pastors that are faithful and leaders that are faithful to teach and preach God's word, you can't help but and you receive it. Right. And you want to change. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, change. I'm a living testament to that. I mean. Amen. I didn't. I didn't go to, to therapy to get delivered um, to to become where I'm at now. I actually just applied the the word of, of God that was coming across the pulpit from my pastors and the ministers and applied it to my life along with staying on my medication. And I went from you know the lowest point of my life, you know, being on so much medication where I couldn't drive my own car, to this day now owning um, a clothing line for. 12 plus years, um, a kingdom lifestyle brand for 12 plus years called Covenant Army. And now, um, you know, being married, going on 13 years this summer, and we have a son that just turned five, five uh, this past March. Wonderful. And, and and I have to say, Roosevelt is a wonderful dad. He's just an amazing dad. When I see him with his son, oh, I just, you know, I'm so... Godly proud of you. I really am. I mean, when I look at where you've come, everything that you've come through and um, that you just really rely on the Lord for everything. And I think that that's that is so key. And you love your church. Um, 
I mean, this is a man that uh, is at church, you know, all the time when nobody's looking, uh, vacuuming and and doing uh, all kinds of things in the church that, uh, like I said, nobody sees him do. And he doesn't ask for accolades or credit or anything like that. But God sees it. God sees it. And that's why he was he's been elevated to uh, an elder in our church, because God saw what he was doing and spoke to our pastors about it. And uh, I'm just I'm really happy for you. And I, I just know you're going to do great things. You're already doing great Thank things, you. sir. Very, very happy for you. So you. there you have it, guys. Glenn Stringer. I mean, Roosevelt Stringer. We call him Glenn, but uh, as a. A nickname, but his name is uh, his name is Roosevelt uh, Stringer Jr. So, what a wonderful, wonderful testimony! And um, I pray, and I, I I really feel in my heart that that blessed somebody out there, and uh, that's the whole purpose of the story. So, um, thank you for joining our podcast. Our God is greater stories. Uh, remember that I have a book out. Our God is Greater Through Despair to Delight and Destiny. It's my own personal story of being healing and de- uh, healed of my healing and deliverance through the power of Jesus Christ. And um, there's also some things in there because my healing of depression, you know, when God healed me, I was healed. But there were other issues that I had that came to the surface that God needed to heal, like, um, you know, my relationship with my father and, you know, uh, really understanding and appreciating the love of God and really accepting the love of God for myself and um, just a whole bunch of other things, you know, um, that I talk about. So the healing from depression is the first part of the book. And then the second part of the book is, is uh, healing from other issues. And, um, you know, when, when Jesus heals you as he's heals you, you're healed. So I just want to, want to, reiterate that, that he's the great healer. It's, it's nothing, it's not our therapist and it's not our, uh, our medication. It's, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you very much. And remember, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard, how tough anxiety, depression, whatever it is, our God is greater and he can fix anything and everything that's going uh, wrong in your life, put you on the right path, heal you, give you hope, peace, and joy once again. So God bless you all, overcomers, and I'll see you on the next episode of Our God is Greater Stories. Well, I pray you were blessed and inspired by another personal story of triumph over adversity. Remember, go to OurGodIsGreater.com That's OurGodIsGreater.com for more information and to purchase my book. It's called Our God is Greater, Through Despair to Delight and Destiny. Follow me on social media. On Facebook, I'm at author Tanya D. Penn. And on Instagram, I'm at Tanya D. Penn. That's T-A-N-Y-A-D-P-E-N-N. Join us for the next episode and another amazing story. Bye-bye.